New York on what's happening. We about to bounce back in. Hey, I'm Manhattan. I love you, I love you, I love you so. New York on what's happening. We about to bounce back in. Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Wow, absolutely no better intro and beats to start this episode than that song, because not only is it the two-year anniversary of the Gossip Nista podcast today, but my guest is the one and only talented artist, singer, and songwriter behind that amazing song and many, many others. Please allow me to introduce Erica Saigon, better known as Sigs, and the song that you just heard is called Manhattan. Yes, drumroll. I love that song, and it has been playing in my head nonstop. But really, words can't describe how much her music, beats, and lyrics have touched my soul, particularly my New York soul. But as I heard the backstory to most of her songs throughout our interview, it really left me with chills. But before we dive into Sig's story, I just want to take a moment to welcome you. I'm your host, Mariana Monks, and for the past two years, I've had the privilege of sharing stories of some amazing New Yorkers and serving the New York City community with as much love and enthusiasm as I can. So I simply wanted to give a heartfelt thank you for allowing me to do this. Now, the moment we've all been waiting for, Sigs will share how New York has helped inspire some of her music, as well as the world and people around her. She'll dive deeply into her journey as an artist, the heartbreaks, the losses, the family inspiration that brought her to where she is today, as well as tips for aspiring musicians and how stepping outside her comfort zone has essentially brought her to be the badass babe she is today. There's so much to cover with Sigs that there will be a two-episode installment, today's episode and next week's, so please stay tuned for that. Without further ado, here is my interview with Sig. I love you, I love you, I love you so now. The city that never sleeps, been quiet for a while now. Businesses be closing down, after 50 years it's high now. I just want this to be over. Eight months and I'm still not so Okay, I say this often, but I'm going to say this even more excited is, you know, I am so happy to have you, Sigs, on the podcast today to talk about your music. How are you? How are you? Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. And I'm doing great, actually. Uh, it's a beautiful day out here in New York. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I had a great day. How was your day? 
It was amazing. It's, awesome. it's going to be even more so now that we're speaking. But um, yeah, it was a beautiful day in New York today. So let's dive in to everything that is you. Starting there, we're going to talk about your New York story. The question that I start off with is just wanting to know, are you originally a New York native? Yes, I am. Um, so I'm originally from um, Long Island, born and raised here. For those uh, city folks, it's a little island right off of uh, <laughs> right off of uh, Queens there. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I know it's, sometimes it's crazy to venture out all the way out there uh, to the island. I love that you said for you city folks. Um, yeah, but actually, folks. yeah, for those that are not from the city, um, define Long Island and where in Long Island specifically are you from? Yeah, so um, along it's funny. New York is just so big, and people just don't realize that. Um, I realized that when I, I lived in a few different like countries before, so like Italy, England, people just have no idea what New York is, uh, and they're like, "Oh, you're from New York, um, like Manhattan." I'm like, "No, New York is actually huge." Yeah. Um, so it's always funny explaining New York to uh people from different places, but mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm from um, it's basically like in the middle of the island. I'm from Babylon Village, a small village, um, right like on the water, basically. Um, on the South Shore. So it's basically in between, it's a little bit closer actually to the city. So it's about mm-hmm. hour and a half from the city and about two hours from Montauk. So almost like right in the uh, middle. Yeah. Smack in the middle. And, smack in the middle. And I, know, and I know like, I don't know what, what um, place that is, but the Amityville area is, are you on that side or on the other side? of the So, he, <laughs> so uh, Amityville Horror House. Yes, I'm on that side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, that's what people know by. It's funny. I actually uh, work over in that area. So it's, uh, it's always funny hearing that people are always like visiting near uh, that house. My drummer is from it. They there. He's like basically their next door neighbor. So I'm like over no there. It's just, yeah. I could see the house from his house, uh, which is, yeah. It's interesting. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's Halloween. <laughs> no, I mean, how excited. It's so crazy that I even referenced that, but that is like me not being from here at my reference point to just, you know, no, it's like a lot of people's reference. It's, it's like about, it's 15 minutes from my house. It's very, uh, I mean, cool. it's, it's a famous house, obviously for a terrible reason, but that's what people around the world know that name. So yes, Amityville is close. Yeah. To me. <laughs> well, thank you for defining where you're at in Long Island and also for sharing that you've lived internationally in so many other places. How exciting, yeah. but yeah. happy to, you know, know that you're a native New Yorker and, um, let's talk about more of that. And the next thing being is so like, you know, you live an hour and a half outside of the city like have you lived in the city do you live in the city and so i actually don't live in the city um okay. i i have plans to move out um west um i'm not sure exactly when the pandemic put a little bit of a damper on that obviously um but my my girlfriend's actually from Queens, so we live together um in our apartment over in bayshore which is about oh, like five minutes away from babylon so it's a little bit east um but we're yeah we live here uh, she's originally from Queens. Um, I've never gotten the pleasure to live in the city yet. Um, I do hope to, though. Absolutely. Um, obviously, fi- finances uh, <laughs> supporting, yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that is the goal. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've lived here. I've, I, I took a bunch of classes in the city. I've been, like, back and forth. I mean, my whole life I've been going in and out of the city. And yeah. a lot of people, like, here um, – they think maybe the city's far. They're like, oh, you're going to Manhattan. Like, I'll go into Manhattan after work sometimes. Like, I, I love the city so much. So to me, like, that drive or that uh, um, train ride is yeah. – uh, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. And honestly, I, I do a lot of my um, songwriting on the train. So 
I've written multiple songs going in and out of Manhattan and getting that, um, you know, creation experience and just that, yeah, just like the, the life from the city and taking it back to Long Island and writing about it. So it, uh, the city's always been like a, um, a piece of me. And I think, like I said, like, well, like I mentioned before, I've lived in so many different places. Um, there's really nothing like New York. Absolutely. And I, I've learned that, you know, been around the block a few times, different places. So I, I love Long Island. And as much as, you know, I'm grateful that I've lived here. I, I grew up here. You know, we grew up on the water at the beach at Fire Island. Um, yeah. I ultimately do want to end up in uh, either Brooklyn or Manhattan. So that is oh, the that. goal within the next few years. Yeah. And you will. You you are oh, 100%. a percent of, of, yeah, the, the city. <laughs> and we'll dive into why as we move forward here. But um, I, you know, it's like your playground. You're only an hour away from it. I, I totally get it. I, I'm originally from an hour outside of Los Angeles County. And like, nice. you know, L- LA County is always like my playground. And yeah, but thank you for for sharing where you're where you're sitting there. You know, let, let's hypothetically when you move into the city, what are some neighborhoods that you look? Oh, you, you said Brooklyn. Or- yeah, Brooklyn, or I mean, in Manhattan, I, I love the Lower East Side. Um, my girlfriend's sister used to live over there, and she just she uh, she's taken me over there so many times, just kind of like showing me, just like it's like magical little pockets in the city um, mm-hmm. that it's just so uh, like beautiful, and there's so much like culture and different people. Um, I, I really love it over there. So I, I would like to end up, um, hopefully in the Lower East Side. Yeah, no, uh, downtown, I feel is where it's at. It's, it's yeah. where it's more artistic, where it's more lively. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I feel like it's also a place to like, to live, you know, not so much. Mm-hmm. Midtown is just, it's always so busy and there's so many tourists and people coming in and out. Not to say that there aren't tourists everywhere over Manhattan, but mm-hmm. um, I think that it's more of like a, for me, like it's, it's a place where a lot of people like, actually live or have residences and um you know can have that piece of the city but also go back to a little bit of a quieter neighborhood i wouldn't say quiet because new york isn't quiet but yeah it's uh we actually we shot um one of my music videos there so we we Mm. got a taste of that actually pretty recently i love that and i know i just recently saw a music video drop are we talking about um closer yeah come closer drops tomorrow actually Ah, amazing. Yeah. I-, I can't wait to see the complete video on that. It's one of my favorite songs. And we're going to talk about that. But tell me, what has your overall experience just, you know, living an hour outside of New York been like being, you know, so close to the city, living in the city, exploring the city? Tell me about that. How has your experience been? Yeah, Um. I mean, it's been it's been amazing. And it's 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 funny. I say this every time and I say this to people that don't live in New York. I say this to people. They may, that live near me. I say this to my family, like New York to me, and it's different for everyone. Um, it's just, it's magical. That's like the, the best word to describe it. The city, no matter what I'm doing, no matter if it's like pouring rain out and I'm just, I'm there and I have to kind of run, run to a cab or like run, you know, get in the subway or whatever I'm doing, no matter what I'm doing, there's always like a sense of magic and like just opportunity, no matter what I'm doing. And I love that. And I think that's awesome. And it's, it's so easy for me to get there. So so if I like need to pick me up if I'm like, you know what, I want to, I want to feel big. I want to feel like, you know, I want to, I want to explore or I want to write or I want to just go to the city. It's so easy um, for me to go. Well, obviously time and work and things like that, you know, things, you know, start to get in the way, but mm-hmm. over the years, it's always been, it doesn't get any less magical, which is really cool. So I, Ooh. I know living there, I, I can't even imagine that. this. Yeah. I can't even imagine like the source of like, creativity and just like inspiration that would come 
I agree. 100% agree with you on that point. And do you have like any specific things that you like or dislike about it? I mean, people always say like, oh, New Yorkers are so rude and this and that. I, I talk to like every single person in the city all the time. Like there's always people with their heads down, things like that. But there's always like people to meet there. And I love that. I'm always like, if I'm at the bar, if I'm at a coffee shop, no matter what I'm doing, even if I'm just on the street chilling or like, um, you know, like handing out blankets and stuff to homeless people, like whatever I'm doing in the city, which is so many different things that I always meet different people from different walks of life. And that I love that. I love, I love meeting people. I love people. I love talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to be in the city, I mean, it is literally a melting pot. Every different human from every different walk of life is there, mm-hmm. whether they're, whether they're on the street and they're homeless, you get to hear their story, what they've been through, whether they're making millions of dollars a year, you get to hear what they've been through and what they're doing and how they got here and how they started their business. And I've like just met so many like awesome people in the city. Um, so I'd say that would be my favorite thing. Um, as far as like the least favorite thing about the city, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is what it is. You know, it's grimy. Um, that's a thing I like about it as well as it's just like, it's ruthless, you know, um, as much as you see the good in people, you see some like pretty gnarly stuff there. So, um, there's, you know, it's a city there's good and there's bad, but I've definitely seen some pretty like brutal things, um, as well as good. So that's, you know, good and bad. Yes. Uh, it's definitely gritty. <laughs> it's dirty. It, it is. That's, but that's also Kind of what makes it magical sometimes, right? Uh, most often times, mm-hmm. but I, I never know what's going to happen. Yep, absolutely. And so, um, did you come into the city during COVID SIGs and experience it at all? Like, like where were you at the height of it? Like, tell us about it. Yeah, I did. Um, I had me and a bunch of my friends. So I have some friends that are photographers, and they wanted to head into the city. And obviously, I was down, so I was like, "Yeah, we'll do it." And it was definitely. You know, we we drove there, so it wasn't too bad. Like, you know, we didn't take the train or anything like that, but um, it was shocking, um, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel like the city. It felt like this kind of. I felt like I was in what's the movie Day After Tomorrow. You know, huh. when there's like no one in the city. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was in that movie for a second. I was like, damn, this is crazy. Times Square, like empty. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the city like that in my life. Um, so seeing it lifeless, seeing businesses boarded up, seeing um, really just like no life definitely like broke my heart a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So that, and, and I can't imagine what people like the small business owners, people that just moved there, like opened up, you know, shops and things like that. I was just, I, I felt terrible for them because um, making it in the city is hard enough, but making it during a pandemic is mm-hmm. close to impossible. So for all those people that you know, risk everything. And even people that think about like all the dreamers that move here to, to musicians like me, right. They yeah. move there and like, mm-hmm. you know what, fuck it. I'm going to make my dreams happen. Actors, Broadway. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything just came to a stop. And it, that isn't, this is not a city where you can just live for nobody. You can't, this isn't like Florida or the Carolinas where you're like, hey, you know what? I can figure it out. Like you can't, like you really can't. Uh, that's unfortunately why I, I, so many people move back home. Like I know mm-hmm. half of my friends from high school, like a lot of people I talk to are, are at home right now or move back home for a little bit because they just couldn't, what are they going to do? They couldn't afford it or they couldn't stay there. Um, they, the, their shops, the grocery stores and things or whatever downstairs or things just like weren't open. Like, what are they going to do? You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was uh, as much as, you know, I can't say that I know exactly what people are going through because I wasn't in that situation in the city. But um, from what I've seen and from my friends and 
obviously from what I experienced over here and just as a musician, like losing like half of my income, um, it, yeah, it wasn't easy. So it was definitely it, it kind of, it sucked. Yeah. It, yeah. It was definitely hard on the artist world. Like, like you said, Broadway businesses, small businesses, everything. Like you just like almost repainted the picture for me of the time here in the yeah. city, because like, I was just like you, I saw it completely dead fifth Avenue times square and, and just the loss of everything ported up and, and just crazy. And, you know, just seeing those people, hospitality, artists, everything just kind of right. lose. It's like a loss of life. It just like sucked the life out of the city. And it was city is beautiful no matter what, but you don't get that feeling when you, you know, you don't get that magic when you walk into the city and no one's on the street. You're just like, where am I? Kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it is, it is here. It is back. back. Yes. Back. And, yeah, and, that's for sure. and we're going to talk about that. And you uh, have created something to bring so much life to it in that sense, which we'll dive into our second segment more about your music. But, you know, with you um, saying that you did live internationally, I, I do want to ask your opinion on on what makes a New Yorker different or, or just New York different from any other place in the world. Yeah, I love that question um, because I've seen it just projected back onto myself uh, through so many of my like international friends. Um, mm-hmm. I would say what makes a New Yorker different. I mean, we were speaking for myself and people around me. We're just go getters. Uh, you, you could pick a New Yorker out of a crowd. At least I think you could pick a New Yorker's work ethic out of a crowd. You could pick a New Yorker. I mean, obviously the way we speak, the way we get things done. I'm like, I didn't realize how fast paced I was living until I moved to Florida to go to college. And I'm like, what is going on? Like no one's driving fast. No one's like, we're at restaurants and no one really like cares about, you know, getting things done or like running around or it was a, yeah, it's almost like I'm going anywhere else than the tri-state area. I would say is like a culture shock because you're like, damn, like, and then you almost sometimes come across as rude, right? You're trying to get stuff done. I'm always like moving and people are like, yo, like slow down. Like I can't. Yeah. It's like it's just me. Nope. Everything is, is a lot slower pace when you're outside of New Yeah. It's every yeah, everywhere. I mean, there's I mean, don't get me wrong, California, I'm sure as you could attest, is, is similar. California, New York, but it's still like New York is just different, right? You're like uh, you're you're on the street walking on the street. You better put your head down and run. You can't you can't be like walking slower, dilly dallying around there. It's not you're not gonna you're not gonna live. Yeah, no, for sure. No, New York is a whole different beast, like even compared to California, like um, in the sense of like literal just in person walking and getting things done and doing things. And L.A. also has that hustle, but it's definitely more of a chill vibe there. Yeah, I get that. You'll ever get in New York in that sense. But thank you for kind of giving us those differentiators. you know, going to probe a little bit more on the whole New Yorker debate and when you actually become one, if you're not born here, like what's your perspective (laughs) on that? Oh man, that's hard. That's hard because I have always been a New Yorker. Some people call us fake New Yorkers because we're Long Island, but that's, we're still New Yorkers. Wait, tell me about that. There is this thing. Yeah. I have heard it. Like, (laughs) what is it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny. There's just, there's just not, there's not a lot of people that are just from Manhattan or even, I mean, I would say the five boroughs is what I would say. Like people, people say New Yorker, um, but we, you know, we can't help where we're born, obviously, but it's, I've always felt so connected to obviously where I live, but I've always felt more connected to Manhattan and the city and, and the five boroughs over the Island. I mean, I love the Island. I grew up, my dad 
my dad was a big surfer. Like my, our family was, you know, we, we spent half of our years at Fire Island. We would go back and forth. So we were, mm-hmm. we were like beach babies growing up. So obviously that's been like a huge part of my life. But I think once I started to be able to really do my own thing as like a young adult, even in high school and then like college and stuff like that, I really identified more with the, you know, New York state of mind out West a little bit, mm-hmm. not, not so much islandy, you know, kind of a, um, kind of a girl. So it's, I think it's what you make it, honestly. I mean, I can't, I can never tell no one, never tell anyone that they're not a New Yorker. I, I would, I mean, timeline, timeline wise, I would give yourself at least like two years to, mm-hmm. to break it in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I think, I think it's a, yeah, I mean, I, I would never judge anyone. I mean, I, if you're a New Yorker, you're a New Yorker. You've been here for a little bit. You've been uh, stepped on a few times and, you know, probably spit out and <laughs> called some names and almost hit by a taxi. Yeah. So, you know, you get those things, you're like, you're a New Yorker. I uh, so it mm-hmm. yeah I mean listen New York is is made up of every walk of life and that's why New York is New York it's not New York is not New York because of New York natives I mean come on that's that's what makes the city the city so uh I think it's pretentious to to uh put yourself as a New Yorker and say that no one else is a New Yorker either um so well put. you know what? If, yeah if you, if you live in the city and you're experiencing it every day you're a New Yorker own it you heard it here from SIGS. Thank you. I like that. Okay. Um, let's, let me know, like, you know, newbies to New York, like what advice would you give to them if they're looking to make the move to the city here during this time? I would say save your money, <laughs> make sure you got some money when you come here mm-hmm. and be smart. I mean, know, know what your limits are. Don't, I have friends that moved here and that, you know, just go crazy for a couple months and then they're skint. And by the time, you know, they got to move back home or whatever they're doing, mm. it's not just like money wise, but like the city will eat you alive. Like you can't be staying until 6am every, every morning and then going to work. Um, it'll burn you out as you know, as well as empty your pockets. So I think it's very overwhelming. I think take it one day at a time and be smart um, and, and be yourself. Like don't lose yourself in, in what you think in Newark or what you think you should be here. This, the place is like I said before is amazing because of the different people that come here and, and, and make it what, what it is. And the culture is, is one big melting pot. So don't try to come here and be something else, like be yourself. And there's a niche for it. Every there, you're going to find every, every walk of life here and someone that is into the same thing that you're into in this city, you don't have to mold to anything. So I would say be yourself and be smart. Yep. Pace yourself. That is the learning yeah. lesson there. Pace yourself. Absolutely. That's for sure. And I got to tell myself that too. Like, you know, when I make, when I make the move eventually, it's, it's pace yourself. You know, I'm going to want to go to shows every weekend mm-hmm. or um, go out every night. Yeah. It's just not feasible to be a real human that way. So not at all. Not at all. Unless you're loaded, but yes. Unless you're, you're loaded and you're like a superhuman who doesn't need sleep. Yeah. Then, exactly. you know, it's different, but let me know when you find that person. Mm-hmm. Let us know. And then, so if you were to sum up New York into your own personal quote or one that already is out there that you've maybe heard, like, what would it be? It's funny. Every time I think of a quote of New York, I always just go to like songs about New York. Like, yeah. Your you know, song Keys, about New York. <laughs> my song about New York, Concrete Jungle, Where Dreams Are Made Of, right? Yeah. Um, there's an artist, there's a Long Island artist. His name is John Bellion. He uh, he has a song about New York. Well, a bunch of songs about New York City. He's amazing. I'm obsessed with John. He has a quote that Billion. Yeah, no, he's 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 awesome. Um, I can't remember the song. I think it's called New York Soul Part One, maybe. Yep. Um, just so he just talk, always talks about like how 
how there there's there's uh there's quicksand in the nightlife it'll swallow you whole right mm. which is like no, maybe not the most positive quote but when i think of new york i think about uh that yeah. song specifically oh no it's jungle it's jungle that's the name of the song it's jungle which is like you know speaking on that and uh new york city's a jungle out there that's it i'm gonna have to listen to that one i, I know new york soul is it's it? one of his older ones okay yeah, New York Soul Part One and Part Two. Part Three is my favorite, but Wait, um, Jungle is one of his. No, no, just one and two. But okay. Jungle is is one of his earlier songs. I want to say it's off. E. I can't remember the maybe the separation or uh, one of the earlier albums. But um, yeah, all of his stuff is good. I, I love I love his music, and he's a native New Yorker, so you got to get him on your podcast soon. Please, if you can make the connection here, Sigs. <laughs> but I am. I'll do my. I'll do my best. Awesome. I'm so honored to have you on the podcast. And, you know, we're talking music here. We're talking John Billion, but I want to talk things, the musician. That's where we're rolling into our next segment. And you have a lot of amazing music out there. And I, I still can't believe that. We ended up connecting and here you are. So, so let's talk about, you know, what's made you, you, how you got into being a music artist, starting with like, Mm -hmm. you know, what was your career background? What is your career background? Has it always been in music? Yeah. So I went to, um, so I went to small school in Babylon, Babylon village. So I was really into sports and I mean, clubs and everything. And I didn't really know. I mean, who, who knows kind of what they want to do exactly in high school, maybe except for like doctors, police officers, things like yeah. that. But I definitely did not know what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to party mm-hmm. and I knew that I wanted to play sports and I wanted to be in the warm. So I said, all right, we're going to Florida. And I got to, I, I got recruited or I got to play uh, at St. Leo University. I got to play lacrosse. So I was mm-hmm. really pumped about that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, automatically got some friends. I get to play sports that I love. Um, and I got to be in the warmth, right? I didn't even visit. I just like told, I looked at my grandma at the time. I told my grandma, my grandma, I'm going to Florida. She's like, all right, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't even visit. I just packed my bags and I went and my family brought me down. And yeah, it, it was amazing. I, I had no idea what I was doing. I knew I, I liked business. It was a good business school. So I said like, at the end of the day, I wanted to do something business related. So I ended up graduating with a degree in multimedia management, which is mm-hmm. um, actually creative business, mm-hmm. which really is perfect for for music and for what I've been doing. It's like social media management, yeah. um, PR, like I, I learned video editing. I learned a lot of stuff that I use now, which is really cool. Um, and to be honest, I, I knew I liked music in college and I knew that I was a singer and that I wanted to do something in that capacity, but I really wasn't where I am now mm. back then. So I'm glad that I made that decision um, based off of what I liked. I said, I like, I love I, I loved making like videos and editing videos. Mm-hmm. I love music. I, I want to hear about audio, like engineering. And I said, business is helpful no matter what. So that's why I picked the major. And honestly, it ended up really working out, obviously. It worked um, out so well. And then so, yeah, yeah, perfectly for where you're at today, which, you know, is a musician and artist and creating your own music. And like you said, putting everything together. So then as you were doing this, like what was the moment of inspiration that said, I'm a musician, like you were singing, right. like how it all started. So I, I've been singing forever. I was sing, I sang as like a little girl in chorus and I, I was definitely nervous, um, but, you know, being called out. And I knew that I, I knew that I liked to sing. I was just nervous in front of crowds and 
I didn't know how to maybe project my voice yet, but I, you know, as like a little girl, elementary school, grade school, like I knew, Hey, I like to sing. Mm. I then found out maybe in like grade school, moving up to like high school, I was like, okay, I'm pretty good at this. Like I'm actually pretty good. I didn't think I was amazing. I said, I'm pretty good. Let me see what happens. So I joined a bunch of choirs and um, I was always in choir because I knew I wanted to stay in mm-hmm. choir, but I joined like special choirs. So like uh, there was a choir called Express, which is a jazz choir. You had to try out for it, things like that. So I got into the jazz choir in um, high school. And honestly, it's definitely some jazz that like I still listen to now, like some early influences, some of the things that I listen to like jazz wise. So it's pretty cool that my teacher, he was awesome. He taught me a lot of stuff there. But you um, said so it's you, pretty you cool. got into jazz choir? So yeah, I was in a jazz choir in high school. I was in like a special choir for all women. Mm-hmm. And then I was also in a jazz choir and a regular choir. So I wow. started doing, yeah. And I was playing like every sport. I was like super involved. I was like in, I was a class president. I was doing like everything at once. I just love to do that kind of stuff. So um, that's kind of where the music started. And then my older brother has an absolutely amazing voice. Like mm-hmm. he is, he's one of the best musicians I know. And he, in high school, he um he he's amazing honestly so he was playing sports he was wrestling and I gotta be honest like as like a a high school boy in Long Island Mm -hmm. out of all places Mm -hmm. it it definitely it it was fitting in right going to parties um you know girls and this and that and sports and whatever you know high school boys do right so he was doing his thing and he was he was on the wrestling team things like that and then he I'm not sure where it came from, but he had like a moment where he was like, he always loved music. But he said, I'm going to try it for the play and I'm going to quit wrestling. Wow. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. okay. And this kid, I mean, I've never heard anyone sing like this. Like to this day, he has like a Freddie Mercury voice of gold. Oh, wow. Um, he, he was singing high notes and he actually, he, he ended up winning awards for like the plays he was in. So he was in a couple plays and then he on his senior year he was Jean Valjean and Les Mis and when I'm mm-hmm. telling you this kid blew the roof off of that mm-hmm. auditorium people were crying I didn't I've never seen anything like it wow he was absolutely unreal and I was like holy shit like, that's amazing so the family yes uh-huh. he did and I was like damn like I was like all right like like I'm not gonna quit sports but I'm I'm gonna you know I'm still gonna do music and stuff and he definitely influenced that so mm-hmm. He graduated, I think he found his niche and he graduated high school and like, I'm going to music school. So he moved to LA, he was in Pasadena mm-hmm. and he went to launch Los Angeles Music uh, Academy, Lama at the time. I think they changed the name a few times, but so he went to LA music school. So I was like watching him just kill it, like trying out. Um, he actually, he graduated from there, went to his graduation and went to California. I watched him perform. He was performing at House of Blues. He was, he later got a job on a cruise ship. He was at 21. He was um singing on cruise ships oh my it was crazy that's crazy yeah singing on cruise ships and then he got a residency in vegas he was singing with a band in vegas and stratosphere he was killing it i was literally like people people in college would be like oh like what does your family do i'm like my brother's a rock star like yeah. actually and yeah. it was fucking cool i was like so he he's always been my biggest inspiration i Aww. like always looking at my brother i i knew i liked to sing and then i would watch him perform and i'm like oh my god like i'd see videos right like just rocking the stage and he learned guitar at a pretty young age. So he was playing guitar and I was just like, wow, the, I, I want that. So when he came home, he would do some shows and stuff like that. And he'd always be like, Erica, sing some songs with me. So we, we actually sang ones at the uh, high school talent show. It was super cute. We sang Green Day together, which is really uh, cool. Uh-huh. I was so nervous. Um, so that was like our first time together. And then we started singing a few times, like local like coffee shops and things like that. I would sing with him. 
Um, and then he kind of, obviously I went to school in Florida. We, we didn't really see each other for a little while because he was like doing his thing in LA. So mm -hmm. I said, all right, I want to maybe try to like sing a little in college. So I found a friend that played guitar and we started doing like just local like talent shows and things like that. We started covering, our thing was like covering like dirty rap songs, like mm -hmm. acoustically, which is pretty funny for yeah. me, like get low by Lil John, things like that. Oh my gosh. So I thought it was cool. Uh -huh. Yeah. I thought it was cool. And like making videos and stuff like that. And then in, in, I was in like a pretty small like college. So, um, I was friends with everyone. So we would be like, Oh, like, would you guys come to our shows if we started doing real shows? And they're like, hell yeah. So I started, I booked a few like shows at the bar, um, that I worked at and we ended up like packing out the place. Like everyone was coming. So it's it ended up really being really cool. I started performing with a bunch of those guys. And then the, um, actually faculty band asked me to be in their band for a little while. I was a singer, um, for the faculty band, okay. uh, for my college for a little while. Uh -huh. So I was singing with like, with like my teachers and things like that uh which was really funny uh, i'm super random so after that i graduated college and right as i was about to graduate um my mom unfortunately passed away so mm -hmm. during my finals um my mom she'd been sick like for pretty long mm -hmm. so since i was eight she had a stroke and she it was a major stroke so she was in the hospital like my whole life basically um, so me and my brothers, we've obviously been through that together forever. So my grandma had, she took us in and raised me. I lived with my grandma forever. Mm. Um, she was like one of the best people I ever knew. Um, my grandma, she really stepped up and same, my aunts and everything stepped up as well. But my grandma was like my person. She was mm. like my best friend. Yeah. So anyway, so mom passed and I got the call and, you know, it was sad, obviously, uh, but she was sick for so long. So I talked to my brothers and we made a decision as a family that it, probably wouldn't be in her best interest to keep her like that you know mm -hmm. for so long mm -hmm. and she didn't want to live like that so we had to make the decision which really sucked at the time to obviously let her go yeah. so we kind of knew it was happening it happened quick I mean I got a call right after that that she passed um mm -hmm. and I was literally studying for finals my senior year so I was like shit it sucks so I had to fly home Sorry. um mm -hmm. yeah it's okay I had to fly home uh we had to obviously we did everything so we had to go home make the arrangements make everything for the wake obviously do all that stuff so as I was home, we, my grandma had um, unfortunately gotten pneumonia at the time. So she was kind of going through that. Mm -hmm. um, so that, well, and this is my dad's mom. So my mom passed, this is my dad's mom, but my dad's mom is the one, like I said, who raised me, mm -hmm. took me in. So yeah. obviously a little bit worried, like we were worried, but it was pneumonia and, you know, she was okay at the time or getting a little bit better. So they were like, okay, I said, I'm not going to leave unless she's better. And they said, she's, she's better. Mm -hmm. She's getting better. So mm -hmm. go back to school, finish your senior year and then come home and I lived with her. So I was like, okay, I'm going to come home to grandma, like where my house is. Well, it'll be fine. They're like, yeah, like, you know, we wouldn't let you leave if, if she wasn't going to be okay. So I said, okay. So I went to school and not a week later, she passed. Oh. So I got a call, grandma passed. So that destroyed me. Um, not going to lie. That was probably like the worst That's week of my life. Um, How long after yeah. your mom had passed? This is so heartbreaking. It was a week. What? It was a week. Yeah. And it was a week because I, I was actually, my grandma for my graduation bought me a cruise. My grandma, my aunt, they bought, bought me a cruise for my graduation. And it was that day I was leaving the next morning and I, I honestly had, I couldn't go. Wow. So I, I got the call. Um, yeah, I, I had to leave. So flew back. And at this point, my, everyone in my family is just destroyed. Mm -hmm. My grandma was kind of like the glue that held us all together, mm -hmm. whether it be my, me, my brothers, my aunts, like everyone, she was like the, the matriarchy of the family. Yeah. Um, she was amazing. So that destroyed everyone. My dad, not okay. After he just lost his ex-wife, but not okay. We were not okay. So it brought us all together. And my brother being the amazing person he is, mm -hmm. he said, I can't leave you guys like this. 
I, I didn't know. I actually, I left, I, I went back to school. I had to graduate. And then I went to the keys for a little while. And I kind of like my friend's mom took me in and was like, yo, why don't you, I did an internship at a radio station there. And she's like, why don't you relax here for a little bit in the keys? Like let yourself grieve a little bit. And then you can go back to the craziness in New York. Mm-hmm. And thank God, uh, thank God I did that because it really helped separate myself. And I got to like, really think about it and, you know, grieve and be a little bit better. Um, but anyway, right after that, I did move back to New York and my brother moved back with me, um, oh, for my wow. dad. We said, we need to like be here for our family. Mm-hmm. And that started my music career. Uh, from then on, me and my brother have been writing songs ever since. Um, as soon as we got home, we said, well, we're both super sad and we, um, you know, don't really know, like he, he was, he went from singing the stratosphere to like living back at home in Long Island. So mm-hmm. he was like, what do we do? Like, what do I do? And he's like, I want to start booking gigs. And I said, I want to book with you. And he said, okay, like, let's make this a brother sister thing. So we started the Zygons, which is our brother sister acoustic duo mm. that we still have. Okay, um, That's like our, that's my second source of income is that my, me and my brother's band. So me and my brother, we've been now doing this suit. Like I said, it, when I got home and we started, um, we started the Zygons and from there, that's when I knew I really wanted to, he, he started teaching me how to write music. He started teaching me how to play guitar. So he really taught me everything and um, helped me be what I am now is like completely hundred percent from my brother. So I have to give all the credit to him for one, inspiring me and then sitting me down and being like, all right, this is how you write a song. Mm-hmm. This song sucks. Rewrite it. This chorus sucks. Rewrite it. This is how you write a melody. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. This is how you write uh, chord changes. This is how you play the guitar. Like he really took me in and taught me that. And now independently I'm doing what I'm doing because of him. So that is a a not so quick, kind of quick synopsis. I could have kind of made that longer, but that is really like the gist of, yeah, it's kind of a crazy thing that brought us together to really like jumpstart my music career was really my mom and my grandma passing and us just being like super depressed and it's like, all right, like what? now well thank you so much for opening up and sharing that story and again so sorry for your losses of like two amazing strong women like you noted and yeah, i appreciate that yeah of course and and you also you know brought to light a, a, a lot of good out of the story and, and that is you know the how strong your family is and how they support one another and and your brother who has been kind of like you know an influence and mentor to to you and you guys have formed this amazing bond and music together so that is super excited like what is your brother's name and tell us uh so it's the, the, the zygons the zygons is yeah so the zygons is the name of me my brother's band we we do a lot of like bars and we do like mostly covers and things like that. We, we write together and sing and, and have a few songs, but yes. um, for the most part, we do weddings, bars, restaurants. We do like everything um, on that spectrum, especially like covers and things like that. Um, and my brother's name is Michael. Hey, Michael. Um, he, props he, to Michael. Hey, Michael. Yeah, props to Michael. Uh-huh. Um, Michael. And actually there's a little brother too, Shane. He's the, the youngest I got and we all play together um my brother's a little brother's a chef but he also plays bass with us so he'll mm-hmm. come and play bass with us my brother will play guitar I'll sing and then we'll have a drummer but yeah it's like a family thing I love that and I had I had no idea so I'm happy you shared that because like I came across you and I came across you know Ziggs and like your music specifically so I hadn't known or seen this layer of you so I'm glad you shared that 
with us. Definitely yeah, going to check out the Zygons and, you know, this family trio that's going on here. And so, <laughs> like you noted, this kind of is what inspired you to become the musician you are today. And yeah. so tell us about um, your style of, of music and then it influences musically that have kind of brought you to, to your style today. Gossip Mista here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. I wanted to hop in here to ask that if you haven't yet, if you could please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen. This will help me reach more people and spread the word about New York City and those who love it. And if you want to stay up to date, be sure to follow at Gossip Mista Podcast on Instagram. Now, back to the show. It's funny, like, I don't know why this is always the hardest part of any interview or like question that I have. I would say, I mean, just like soulful, like for me, like my music needs to mean something, right? I think instrumentals are amazing. And I think that there's so many different types of music that can make you feel something. But for me, like lyrics mixed with a good melody and just like being able to express myself um, and, and have people, you know, that are maybe going through what I'm going through or even in happy times going through what I'm going through, like to be able to see themselves in my song is like the most important thing. And like what, you know, really makes music music, at least in my, in my eyes. I mean, so many great like songwriters and like between like the Beatles, Tom Petty. Um, I mean, I, I love R&B love, like I love rap, mm -hmm. um, Kanye West, uh, growing up my aunt loved eve so like yeah. listening to eve like bumping eve 50 cent like eminem mm -hmm. obviously mm -hmm. that's like kind of my i'm 27 so like that's the music that i grew up on mm -hmm. um bumping all of that and obviously there's always like i mean pop melodies that's just what you want to write an earworm right no matter what genre it is it could be like a, a sappy love song it could be a ballad it could be a rap song it could be uh, a a gospel song it doesn't matter if you have that hook which really stems from pop music right if you have that hook um it doesn't matter it's gonna it's gonna reel people in and it's gonna make the song 10 times better than what it would be without you know a catchy hook so yeah i think there's something to be taken from any every piece of music i, I used to go to church with my aunt my aunt is also um another like amazing woman in my life that really took me in when she, she doesn't have any kids so she took us in really when my mom got sick and, you know, my grandma was older. So my aunt really provided for us too. And, um, she, she really was the catalyst of, of, of me becoming like a good person. I would say, I think that it, it can go two ways when, when a kid, it kind of feels like they're left alone or when they feel like kind of their parents aren't there for them or, yeah. um, something, a tragedy happens and you, you could, you could really go either way. So she kind of took me and picked me up and was like, Nope, we're going this way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I really give it up to my aunt and she, um, anyway, so why I was thinking about her is she, she used to bring us to church and she used to drag us there. I used to be like, I'm not going to church. I don't want to do this shit. Nope. Not me. Mm -hmm. I didn't want any part in it, but, um, the music that was played at that church, it was, it's a church in, it's still there. It's a church in Dix Hills, uh, which is a little bit, it's like North, like North, um, of where I am. Mm -hmm. It, uh, it's a non-denominational church. So they would do gospel music like every time they would have a huge band on stage doing crazy shit like amazing yeah. piano players amazing vocalists like crazy harmonies my aunt actually 
is a singer too. She was in the choir. Mm. Um, so she used to take us there and we used to watch the service. And I remember being not too into like the people talking, but the music, I'd be like, oh shit, like this is sick. Even as a young kid, I'd be like, I really like the music. And it just, it's because it's soulful and it, it's mm-hmm. the way that the chords are written and, and everything together and the piano and the, the singers. And um, it was so touching no matter what they were speaking about. Um, and I wasn't very religious, but I did, I'll always think about that music. And even now, I mean, look at, look at Chance the Rapper, look at Justin Bieber, right? Look at John Bellion. Those are all three people that are highly influenced by um, religion. And people used to be like, don't bring religion into music, this and that. You, y- y'all are bumping holy in your houses right now. You don't even realize like that this is what people have been right playing in churches, listening mm-hmm. to forever, gospel music, Kirk Franklin. Like, so honestly, seeing that as like a like revolutionized like where I came from, obviously, and going to the church, and um, it's really cool to see all these artists. John, I mean, John Bellion, like I said, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Chance the rapper, and even Justin Bieber, right, bringing and saying like, you know what, like I like faith is such a big part of me as a person and maybe when he was younger and maybe chance the rapper like when they were maybe a few years back it wasn't as accepted i i love that everyone's kind of like fuck it like i'm gonna do me and i'm gonna make these songs even kanye i'm gonna make these songs strictly about god or um strictly about gospel music and and bringing that like piece of them into their music i think it's so cool um inspirational for me like i i, I there's a piece of i use so if you listen to john Bellion's, um, not this album, but the one before is called Human Condition. Mm-hmm. There's a song called Hand of God. Um, and again, I'm still not very religious. I'd say I'm, I'm more spiritual. Mm-hmm. But um, the end of that song, it, I remember I heard it, of course. I heard it when my mom had just passed and my grandma. So I was very emotional. But that song, end of that song, would just make me cry. And I'm like, why, does this, why is this so emotional? Yeah. Even if I'm not like connecting with the words, right? Mm-hmm. The music was just so powerful. And I'm like, I want that shit in my song. So I wrote a song about um it's on my ep it's called note to self mm. and the song is called 48 some palms which was the um address of my grandma's house Aww. so that yeah so that song is special to me and the end of that song was taken from gospel music that that song was taken from hand of god um the wow. end of that song is is a build-up yeah and you hear my brother belting on it like you could what? not believe and it, yeah, oh yeah, I'll send it to you after this. No, uh, I've listened Delta. to it. I've listened to everything oh, you, listened you do, to but like, it, I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to like bring it up to, oh, you to my head. Again. No, I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's special because it goes from this beautiful ballad song that um, is funny. 48 Sun Palms was an improv song. I did not write that song. Mm. That song was not written. That song was, was, I was in Manhattan when I wrote that song mm-hmm. or when I sang that song, I was with the piano player and I said, his name's Lamine. He's amazing jazz pianist. I said, yo, man, I'm finishing my album. I, I'm making this song about my grandma, and my mom, and I really need it to be special. And I just wanted to, I just want to speak about them. I'm not even going to like, I remember being like, I got to write this song. I didn't even write it. I just pressed record. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what came out. Wow. Uh, like the song wasn't written. It was just what came out and what I was feeling about them and how they made me feel. Mm-hmm. And the end of the song, uh, was really what I wrote, which I said, I'm like, I want, after I, after I said my piece and I got out what, what I feel about my family, mm-hmm. I want this fucking big ending. I want this shit to make people cry. And it does, which is cool. Uh, but I want this shit to hit people so hard that they don't know what just hit them. And I want it. And that was, that was from gospel music. Mm-hmm. Like that came from John Bellion's hand of God, that song. I said, I want 
them to feel what I'm feeling. And um, it's, it's really awesome. I had a bunch of people come to the studio, me and my brother and another um, talented artist. She came in, we all came in. I said, all right, you're soprano, I'm alto, you're tenor and bass, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we just, we looped it. We did like a whole bunch of takes of everyone singing over each other and we made it or a choir. Mm -hmm. um, and I had Michael, I said, Michael, I want some Kirk Franklin shit. I need you to belt. I want you to sing. I mean, at the end of the day, it's his family too. I said, I want you to feel grandma. I want you to feel mom. I want you to just, you know, just, just let it out, let it rip. And he, this kid, I'm like, he, he's a, he's a psycho. He can hold an, a high note. I'm not even exaggerating for like a ridiculous, like a ridiculous amount of time. My producer, his jaw was dropped. He's like, what the fuck are you? Oh. Like, I actually don't know how you just did that. I literally, he's in the studio and he just hits these high notes and he can hold it for a minute straight. I mean, he's, he's classically trained. He's trained. Like he's amazing, but holy shit. And he just held that. There's a lot. There's a couple of songs where people don't realize the same thing in Manhattan. They, they don't maybe, um, if you're not like listening for it, you don't realize, but my brother is, is singing in the back of a lot of my songs mm. so high. And for so long, he doesn't even take a breath. You won't notice unless you really listen for it, but he's amazing. He's like my, he's like my secret weapon. I'm like, all right, Mike, I need you to do another ending. He knows like the zigs ending. I say, all right, zigs ending. <laughs> he's like, okay. He knows what, know what to do. For. Oh he my knows God. Every time he's like, all right. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, but I know I digress a little bit, but that was, that was where I was, um, well, as far as like influence on that. Yeah. Song. Well, Sigs, let me tell you, I'm going to listen to all these songs on repeat. Okay. <laughs> because I'm going to look out for Michael too. Look out uh, for Michael belting in yes, the background. And um, I, I want you to know that what you said about John Billion's song, uh, Hands, what was it called? Hand of God. Hand of God. And that feeling that he gave you, like your songs yeah. give me that feeling. Okay. You are doing That's amazing. it. Thank you are you. doing it. Like <laughs> the instrumental music and all the layers that you put on top of me I was just like what the fuck when I heard <laughs> your music and found you I, I I just can't okay so keep doing what oh, you're thank doing you so much I feel the soul I feel your inspiration in yeah. it and people are gonna have to listen and to the song these songs and i'm specifically like referencing off the top of my head because our conversations based off of your uh you know manhattan and come closer song but i've listened right. to all your yeah. music all, all your music thank you of course let's um tell me you know instruments what instruments do you play curious about that and if you learned any having this whole creative process with your family yeah so um I've always been a singer. I'd say that's my number one instrument, mm -hmm. my voice. Mm -hmm. I mean, for anyone out there listening that's a singer, that's inspi inspiring to be a singer or aspiring, I guess would be the right word, yep. to be a singer, um, your, I would say, like, my, from my voice, like, when I started singing to now, the number one difference is my confidence. Mm. My, I, I, people say, like, your voice is so mature. Holy shit. Your voice sounds amazing in here. Every record that I do, I can hear my voice getting, uh, I can hear myself getting more confident on stage getting more confident in the studio, just like the confidence to be like, this song is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Like I wrote this myself. I want the world needs to hear this. I want people to, to feel what I'm feeling and just confidence on stage, like whatever it may be. But number one for me, it's just been like confidence. Um, my, your, my voice transformed from being this great voice, right? But to like this powerful, like soulful voice. Yeah. Um, because of, I would say my confidence, but anyway, so that that's voice wise, um, as far as like other instruments, 
Um, so I, I did pick up a guitar. I said, right, I'm going to teach myself this. I wouldn't say um, John Mayer, but I would say that I play enough to, I really picked it up to write. So I was like, all right, I want to learn basic chords. Ask my brother, um, you know, when like your family's trying to teach you shit, they get all like not patient and mm-hmm. things like that. So he, I was like, he teaches lessons for a living too. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to kind of, I'm going to try to like kind of teach myself. He taught me yeah. as much as he could. And then I just kind of stopped listening to him. So <laughs> sorry, Mike. But I was, uh, I, yeah, I just kind of started watching YouTube videos. I learned chords. I took a bunch of classes actually in Florida when I was like grieving and doing my thing. I said, oh, maybe I should learn guitar so I could start to write my own music, mm-hmm. which really helped. Um, and then I started playing a lot here. I really started doing a lot, a lot of covers, which helped me. So mm-hmm. I just started learning chord progressions and really from the songs that I liked. So like Leon Bridges and like John Mayer and people that I'm like, wow, like these songs feel good Mm -hmm. and I like the like vibe of them I really took what they were playing and tried to make it my own so writing the same chord progressions or writing similar um like in the in the same keys right as them so that that really helped with like songwriting I would say like learning guitar in that capacity um yeah so I'd say like top two were like guitar and voice absolutely you're biggest instrument is your voice and how you portray your music and passion for it you know and I love that you picked up that guitar and you're jamming out on that you kind of described your 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 creative process and you gave some tips for aspiring musicians um yeah you know I I love that tell us and you also did tell us about some of your tracks but like you know lift off like I mean everything's like your baby I'm sure music wise right but like is there any specific tracks that are like your your top favorite ones or ones that are just you know a a, a must oh man okay yeah of course I mean so I started with the song called babe um that song was really that was recorded in my brother's room I said hey literally woke up and was like hey I want to make a song today like I want to put it on the internet Mm -hmm. brother's like oh yeah like yeah let's do it he's like okay cool we literally like did it in his like room um and yeah yeah and then I hit up my friends videographers we did a little video for it um it was very makeshift so that was like the start of my uh Mm -hmm. musical solo career that song really wasn't structured out it was a good song um it was the thought process was awesome but I really didn't know what I was doing songwriting wise had no idea like it's, it was not structured out to be like a normal song. I was just kind of venting, to be honest. So mm-hmm. that was cool to like have that on there. And like, for some reason, people actually like that song. So I never took it off. I'll just keep it there. Mm-hmm. Then came, it's funny, my, you kind of see myself as an artist, like trying to figure shit out. It's like any, any like human being, right? You're like young, you're like trying to figure your life out. You're like, should I work here? Should I do this? Should I date this person? Um, so it's kind of funny, like seeing my musical career, like when I'm really like looking back at myself, like taking a step back, the two songs after that, um, I had a friend, we'll have a friend, his name's Rocco. He's a, um, producer in Brooklyn. He's awesome. He helped me out too. And I said, I'm like, Rocco, I mean, I went and I saw, um, one of his shows. Funny enough, the show was at the Mercury Lounge in the Lower East Side. Mm -hmm. He was playing with my brother. Yeah. And I really got to meet real artists. I said, oh my God, like I want to do this. And fast forward, I got asked to open for one of my friends or another artist at the Mercury Lounge mm-hmm. at the end of the month, which is full circle. So that's wow, really special that's to have amazing. my first Manhattan show. Yeah, it was a show that I saw of my brother and him. And I said, wow, I want to do that one day. And it's kind of full circle, which is cool. But that's anyway, I, there I go. Yeah, pretty sick. So I met Rocco my brother he was doing songs with my brother and he's a really really talented musician a really talented um 
uh, producer and writer. And he, he, same thing. He took me under his wing. He taught me a lot of shit and he, he, uh, we made one night lover together. So one night lover is my second track. That's my first like pop track. Yeah. I could, you could see myself trying to find myself through that record and then long-term memory, which was the next record. Those two records, um, poppy kind of like mainstreamy. I kind of was like, Oh, I want to make songs that people like. It wasn't to say that I didn't like it. Baselines are sick on both. So I love, I love a good baseline. So um, I loved when I love her. I made a really cool music video to it. Um, but I still felt like, I don't like, is this like really myself? Like I felt like I was kind of making it um, really for other people. I, I wasn't like, this is like hundred percent me. So did that track. It was awesome. Rocco was amazing. Um, still one of my friends. So I moved on to long-term memory and met another producer, also very talented, Ricky. And, uh, Kai. And I said, all right, I want to make a poppy track, but like a little bit more hip hoppy. Mm-hmm. So we had some 808s, like super, like just, just a cool track. I remember being like, this shit's hot, like really hot. Another music video, uh, did that, did that one in Brooklyn. That was really cool. Had a whole team together. What's the song we did called? like 808? Long term, long term memory is what the song's okay. called. Perfect. Yeah. So that song was cool. We did that music video in Brooklyn. Um, it was awesome. This song is really sick, really good. But after looking back at it, is it 100% me? I'm not sure. I said, all right. I went to, I actually, so another, I guess I say, would say catalyst of my music career. Um, I had like a friend of a friend told me about this program called the Culture Tour, mm-hmm. um, which was like a concert series, kind of like interactive. Uh, what's the word? Like sh- they would do shows and basically invite artists to kind of showcase their talent, right? Mm-hmm. And the people running it was actually like branched off of rock nation. So Rel Carter, it was called Rel Carter's culture tour. Rel Carter is a, um, is Jay-Z's nephew. Mm. So I was like, wow, that's cool. Right. This is like now a record label is holding this and they were doing a show in Cleveland. So I heard about it and I said, you know what, let me sign up and just like, fuck it, let's do it. So I signed up. It looked more hip hoppy, but I said like my two songs are kind of poppy, hip hoppy. I, I, I rapped like a little bit in it and I love the song. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me bring it to Cleveland and see what's going on. So we took a road trip to Cleveland. Of course, my car broke down right in the middle of that, Classic. which is super funny. Uh-huh. Classic yeah. with my girlfriend, my dog, my, uh-huh. my new Jeep. It was supposed to be new. So we make it there and I get there and I'm meeting everyone. Everyone's doing rap. It's like mm. just everyone's, everyone's doing rap. And I'm like, oh shit. I'm watching them go before me. I'm like, all right, all right. What songs did you perform there? So I perform One Night Lover in long-term memory. Okay. So, but it's funny because like I said, everyone was doing rap and I'm now I'm fucking nervous. I'm like, all right, uh, this whole, and this place was packed out. This place was packed out. Like this kind of like jazzy underclub thing in like mm-hmm. in the middle of Cleveland. Um, so I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. I'm here. I'm not going to like back out. I'm not going to not do this because I don't feel like I fit in. So whatever. I got up there. Mm-hmm. I did my songs. The whole crowd was loving it. Uh-huh. Like, you know why? It was different. Yeah. Like I was, it was more pop and it was, and it was soulful and they could tell I was into it. So honestly was shocked by the reaction that I got. I did my songs. They loved it. I got off stage and a whole shit ton of people were, came up to me. Yo, like, what's your handle on Instagram? What's your thing? I run a radio station here. I want to interview you what's this? What's that? Like, I want to connect with you. Like I I met a lot of like cool artists, even the artists that were, that were like the headlining artists, the fest, the like festival thing they were doing came up to me and were like, I want to work with you. Like it was really cool. And I was very shocked. And I was like, wow, that's what happens when you step out of your comfort zone. And like, 
you know, you take a chance. It could, I could have bombed it. It would have been whatever. I still went there and did it, you know? Um, but it, it ended up really working out. And from that performance, I met who is now my music consultant. His name is Devin. Mm. And I met Devin and Devin was, was one of the like head people on the tour, like head, head, uh, like people in charge of the tour. So he was working with rail and like, he was one of the people like the A&Rs essentially for that section of rock nation or that business. Mm -hmm. So I met him and we connected. I said, I followed up because I really connected with him the most. I felt like he was very genuine, mm -hmm. very nice. And um, I listened to some of his music. He was very talented. He's an artist as well. So I reached out on Instagram and I said, hey, hey, Devin, like, it was really nice to um, like meet with you. Like, and he said, like, can I give you some advice? And I said, yeah, of course. And he said, um, you're a really talented artist. Um, hone in on really like your own sound. I think you would sound really good on some acoustic tracks. And I said, okay, mm -hmm. cool. So when I got home, I was already thick. I already had some songs together. And I said, fuck it. I said, Michael, I want to make an acoustic EP. And especially following his advice, I'm like, this guy also who's in the music business, he gave me advice. Why would I not follow it? So I said, fuck it. I'm making, I'm making something like a hundred percent true to myself. Like, like not to please anyone. Like this is going to be like raw. Like this is just going to be acoustic. And it's going to be just songs that I write about my pain, what I'm, what, what I'm learning, like me becoming an adult, um, my, my ex-girlfriend, like hurting me, whatever it may be, like whatever I'm feeling inside, I'm going to write it down. So that is where Note to Self came. Mm. And Note to Self, I'd say is like my favorite project to date. Um, love I love that project because it was, it was a moment where I said, fuck it, I'm going to do me. And I wrote Free, which is the first track on the album. I remember uh, just literally being like, just just singing about wanting to be free, right? And not caring what other people think, like, um, and just, just feeling the pressure of society saying, you should be one way. And me being like, um, a, a, a track or a piece of the track is, um, it's okay to be grounded, but damn, it feels good to be free. Like, I'm not, I'm not knocking you if you have your life together and doing your thing, but damn, it feels good to like, do what I want to do and like, be a, a, be a free artist and a person mm -hmm. so that was the, the perfect track i feel like to start that off the second track is called pasco county blues um now you know the backstory of my family and what happened so yeah. during all that during all that time uh i was dating a girl in college um and at the time she was i didn't know this at the time i found out a little bit afterwards but i wrote the song from it i found out she was cheating on me with um her softball coach mm -hmm. and at the time it was whatever like we were in college we were young people were stupid but um, this was when obviously like my mom, my grandma died. The girl was cheating on me during the time I uh, broke up with me as soon as I got home from my mom's wake and I was like oh, destroyed. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what kind of human being does that? Um, and I was enraged. I was pissed. I was sad. I was just sad because I felt like, you know, when you're young and you think you really like someone you like fixate on that. So now I'm fixating on this girl when I just lost my family, mm -hmm. who was like the world to me, it's the world to me now, but I'm like thinking about this girl at the same time. And I'm just like upset and angry. And I feel like I really didn't get to grieve the way I wanted to because of her and her selfishness and what she had to do. The song is about, um, it's not about her breaking my heart. It's really essentially about just being in a really shitty situation and needing someone and they just left you, you know? Mm -hmm. And that and that is where that song was born. And it it took a lot to write that song. I was really hurt. Um, and I really hated her for a long time. And mm -hmm. I think that song really released a lot of that for me. And mm -hmm just to be able to 
another step in grieving my, you know, my mom and my grandma being able to write that song. And the song is catchy as hell too, which is really cool. I mean, I sat with my brother. I remember I went, we went down to the docks over by our house. I said, Mike, I, we had a bunch of different variances of the song. I said, Mike, this song needs to be, it needs to hit for me. Yeah. I'm like this, this, this like hook needs to fucking hit. And we went through it and we went through it and went through it and through it. And I said, nope, 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 nope. It was like fucking nighttime. It was like 10 o'clock at night worth of docks. And I'm like, we're not leaving until we get this. Wow. And we, yeah. And we sat there and we got it. And I was like, this is it. And it was sick. And I love that song. Um, that song is like definitely, uh, obviously the meaning of it sucks, but as far as like, like writing wise, that yeah. was definitely one of my favorite songs. Um, it's a really well-written song. I listened um, to that song a couple times and correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. but I've, I've heard like, a, there's like a little twang to it as well. Like your voice. Yeah, there is. There yeah. is. And you know what? It, it's um, my school. Like I said, I was in Florida, but it was, it wasn't like, I was Tampa Bay. So it mm-hmm. was like country kind of mm-hmm. in a weird way. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I got there, it was, it was cows everywhere, you know, for cowboy boys and shit like that. I'm not used to that. I'm from New York. So mm-hmm. that definitely influenced the song too. I was like, this song needs to, I want like a little bit of folky country-ish in there because I, that that's a huge influence of what this song is. And everyone that went to that school gets that song now, right? Like we get to sing about Pasco County. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've all been through shit. It's college. Everyone gets their heart broken. Everyone goes through shit. Everyone has a hard time academically, whatever it may be, like moving there, missing their family. Like, so being able for, so having that and, and having like my friends from school be able to have that song too is like pretty might not be the same situation, but it's pretty cool. And like so many people have like connected through it. So it's really cool to, um, to be able to create that face for, you know, my, my fellow St. Leo friends and people that went to school with me. Absolutely. So note to self was a personal memoir of, of, you know, notice. Yeah. Note to self. So the third, the third song was carry us through, which was about my girlfriend, Mm -hmm. that song in like I would say like out of the, all, all my songs I think that might be one of my favorite written songs it's about being with someone and 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 being able to um realize that you're that you guys have you know issues and that you're going through them and you're you're getting through them together and that you're stronger on the other side and you know you have each other and like love isn't perfect I don't I want to make a, a perfect love song about how great love is like mm. that's not the reality the reality is you guys go through shit but at the end of the day, you're together and you're going to make it through because of the shit you've been through. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, I usually don't sing that song live because of how high that there's a really high part at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And my poor brother was in the studio with me for maybe an hour straight trying to get me to hit one freaking note. That note took so long. And I, <laughs> when we, if we do it live, it's like so hard for me to hit it that I don't even like do it. It's funny. You have um, to do it yeah. live. Those, uh, we're going to want to hear know, it's just such a, at some point. <laughs> I know it's so funny. I was my brother. I'm like too high, too high. Um, and then follows the song down. Um, down is is I'd say like rhythmically. Down is probably my number one. That song we wrote that inspired by "Old Time Low" by John Bellion, and mm-hmm. I'd say Bobby Caldwell, "What You Won't Do for Love." Those two songs are in very similar keys. And like I said, I write I write to the similar keys. So I I when I was doing that song. Um, that song is about, I, I had, at the time, I had a lot of friends that were going through a lot of things and I gotta say that was more for them than for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the song is, a, it's called down. It's about struggling a lot of anxiety and it's about, um, 
just being real with yourself and being real with people. Like it's okay. There are songs about it's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to talk about it. Um, and and although the song is kind of upbeat and I love, absolutely love the, the way that I structured the song now because I really like rapping a little bit. I I do this thing where I rap talk kind of and rap sing. And I, that song was the start of it. When I told my brother, I was like, I really want it to be like hip hop, like acoustic hip hop, like post Maloney, like what he does. Um, and it really worked out because I get to like kind of rap when I sing that song. And I absolutely, that's my favorite song to sing when I sing mm-hmm. live. I love that song. Oh my gosh. Um, and people really, yeah, people really like that song too. And then I already, we already mentioned, but 48 Sound Palms was the last last track on that song. Mm-hmm. Last track on that uh, EP, I'm sorry. So Note to Self as a whole has been like a turning point for me as a person, but as an artist, that is, that was the line of the sand where I'm like, this seems authentic. And fast forward i sent it i said okay um i hit up that Devin, mm-hmm. that my consultant now and i said hey uh i followed your advice and i i created this ep mm-hmm. and he loved it he was like blown oh, away he's awesome. like you followed my advice and i was like yeah and he was like i want to work with you wow. and i was taken back i'm like what um he's like i want to work with you and i was like okay and he like kind of pitched it to me and i was like yeah like what so ever since then we've been working together. He's been my consultant and um, we've been creating together and doing marketing and everything. I'd say like, you know, as far as like marketing wise and whatever, maybe in the music industry, like he's been around the music business. So he, he's been like my mentor and like obviously my consultant and stuff like that through that. But that came from really like taking a risk and being like a a whole bunch of risk of being like, I'm going to do something authentic to me. And I sent him this acoustic EP. I'm like, this guy, is with rock nation he does hip-hop and r&b like why would he like this acoustic ep right Mm -hmm. he loved it and he's like this is you and i'm like fuck you're right um and from there things just kind of blossomed into what they are that is so amazing so freaking amazing like i loved that you shared kind of like the journey of each song and you know the inspiration behind it and how you've evolved through them all and and how you know your your music really is a way um you know to express yourself and and yeah express for others as well and and how you put all these elements into it so excited so excited we're gonna talk about like your latest um you know single that is from new york yeah. with love in, in our next segment so but before we dive into that i, I want to you know know like what's what's the ultimate hope for your music career ultimate hope so when i was years ago i used to say i just want to be famous right what a like stupid thing to say <laughs> as like a younger person but uh-huh. listen right then but the, the older you get and the more you go through the, at the end of the day, like, and, and again, like listening to write John Bellion as an artist, listening to so many things that he's written about, or even just, I try not to focus on getting bigger, just getting better. Right. Is what mm. one of the p- pieces of his song, I really took that. And I'm like, the end of the day, I'm getting better as a musician. I'm learning. I'm, I'm helping people through my music. Um, as my goal would to be like, full-time music and be able to tour and, mm-hmm. and do that. I don't want to say, I don't, I don't need millions of dollars. I don't need, I don't need to sell at Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's not as much as how sick would that be? Yes. But that's, that's me chasing paper. That's me chasing fame. That's not, that's not going to be, that's not going to make me successful or, or fulfilled. That's just going to make me, I, I don't know what it's going to make me, but it's not, it's not, I, I came into that years ago when I said, it's not what I want because that's a, it's a, a 
dream that is you're going to be chasing forever. I think that just focusing on myself, focusing on my music, focusing on how can I help people around me and how can I inspire people um, in any capacity? How can my crazy life journey, because I've been through a lot of shit in good and bad, how can this inspire people that maybe are going through it and don't know how to deal with it? Or how can this just inspire people to fucking turn on free and have a good day or like turn on down and be like, today fucking suck, man. Like, yeah. let me like listen to like music that talks about real shit or like, you know, like, let me, let me blast Manhattan with my windows down and mm-hmm. vibe. Cause yeah. that's what I want to do. Like, let me smoke a blunt to this song, like, whatever you want to do. Like I, I want to be able to create that for people. And I myself would love to be able to do that full time. Like I can't imagine what I, if I didn't have to work and, and, and put all my money towards bills and, and doing all these different things. If I had like some cushion of money and, and really had the space to create 24 seven, I can't even fucking imagine what I'd be able to make. I mean, there's people that are lucky enough to have families that support them financially, or they grown into it, or yeah. their parents were famous and they mm-hmm. just fucking fell into a trust fund, whatever it may be good for them. They get full-time music. That's awesome. But there's a lot of people that, that have to work their ass off to even put a song out. And yeah. You know what? Being able to be that person and be like, yo, it's possible. Like I, I, I live a crazy life where I'm constantly doing shit every single day. Absolutely. And I have to tell myself, like, remind myself every day, like what I'm doing is worth it. And, and, um, I love what I do. And one day everything will come together and everything will be worth it. And as long as I keep doing it for my, myself for the right reasons, as long as I keep inspiring people and helping people, and I'm being fulfilled, then that that's that's really the dream. And that took me a second to notice that because I really was like, I want to be famous, like whatever everyone else says. Like that makes no fucking sense. It's like empty, you know? So you freaking gave me goosebumps with how you rounded it up there <laughs> at the end. That is the most beautiful way in, you know, being able to give of yourself and your music and, and putting, you know, that out into the universe. So thank you for what you're doing. I definitely see that happening yeah, for you. And, you know, talking Madison Square Garden, I'm going to just ask this hypothetical question here because I want to get uh, <laughs> a little bit more into like what your style and what your inspirations musically are and you know so if you were to be say headlining madison square garden like who would be your lineup like who else would be performing on that stage new york what's happening we about to bounce back in hey on manhattan i love you i love you i love you so new york Oh, what's happening? We about to bounce back in. Hey, oh, Manhattan. I love you, I love you, I love you so Dollar slice, lift might help tonight when the trains ain't acting right. Man, this can't be life. They done shut the city down. I thought we never sleep. We inside, need a vibe. All I hear is six feet. Man, this here's getting deep. So please light up. Thanks for tuning in to Gossipista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode? Follow along on Instagram at Gossipista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at gossipmista.com, explore, 
subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossipnista.